wife thinks I'm crazy. Now, that's not uncommon for couples who've been married as long as we have. But she shares why she thinks I'm crazy with friends and neighbors, who then mostly agree with her that I'm in fact crazy. Now, my bike riding friends all think I'm perfectly normal. She, of course, thinks they're crazy, too, as do our non-bike riding friends and neighbors. She defines crazy as climbing on a bike, or in my case, a recumbent trike, and riding hundreds of miles up and down the hills of southwestern Missouri in the midst of the hottest June in years. Me? I just think it's fun, although sometimes it is a bit taxing. I'm just now getting pretty well recovered from last week's BAM, that's Bike Across Missouri, ride from Joplin to Rolla, Missouri. Now, the entire ride ran from Joplin up to Eureka, but I had to cut it two days short to attend a friend's retirement ceremony at Scott Air Force Base, Illinois. I'll tell you, the ride was a real butt kicker, due largely to the heat. Temperatures were in the high 80s to mid 90s, with humidity to match. The only saving grace was a fairly constant breeze out of the southwest. I drove down to Cuba, Missouri on Sunday, where I parked my Jeep. I prearranged for the shuttle service to pick me up there at the Super 8 Motel, where my car would spend the week. The shuttle then took me with recumbent trike and gear to the starting point campgrounds in Joplin. Joplin's way down in the southwestern part of the state, just across the border from Oklahoma and Arkansas. We camped in a city park there next to the municipal pool. I had a couple of questions that evening for the BAM director, who didn't seem to have many answers. He wasn't really a take-charge kind of guy and just let things roll along. There was no briefing on the next day's ride, and the park was off the beaten path, and the only provision for dinner were a couple of food trucks in the parking lot. My riding partner and I eventually met up. He'd come down separately from his home in Edwardsville, Illinois. He was camped at a bit of a distance from me. We bought Mexican food from one of the two food trucks and made plans to head out early in the morning so as to beat the heat of the day and get a good start on a long, long day. The ride was poorly designed in that the first day was 87 miles, the second day 74 miles, the third day only 34 miles, and the fourth only 38. I didn't bother to ride the fifth and sixth days, which were 40 and 61 miles each. Now, unlike all the other multi-day tours that I've been on, there were no alternate routes with higher and lower mileages to accommodate riders of varying fitness levels. When one of the riders questioned the ride director about the length of the first day's ride, his excuse was that Southwest Missouri is really the beginning of the American Southwest, and that towns large enough to support the ride were too far apart. I found that to be a bit lacking as an excuse. The tour route generally followed old Highway 66, which today's Interstate 44 largely parallels through southwestern Missouri. Since the route is on the northern edge of the Ozark Mountains, there were lots of hills to climb up and then swoop down. When the route was on Old 66, the highway had long, steady climbs. But when the route diverged to country roads, the hills are shorter and far steeper, a whole lot harder on a bicycle. 
One hill climbing up out of Rubidoux Park in Waynesville, Missouri, on day three, was so steep that for the very first time since I've acquired my ICE VTX, I had to get off and walk the trike up the last part of the hill. Even my friend, who's a very strong rider, had to dismount his trek and walk it up. In fact, I didn't see anybody manage to ride their bike all the way up that hill. Now, like I mentioned, one of the shortcomings of the tour was the lack of an evening briefing covering the next day's ride. Had such a briefing been given, the riders would have been prepared for that difficult uphill ride, which might well have prevented a serious injury to one woman rider. We learned at the end of that day's ride that she had her biking shoes clipped into her pedals and was unable to unclip them in time to avoid a fall, breaking her hip in that fall. If we'd had a safety briefing the prior evening about that early hazard, she could have begun the ascent unclipped, or maybe selected another route to avoid the steep climb. The water stops were another shortcoming of the tour. Every other tour, or even a long-distance organized day ride that I've been on, has snacks and volunteers at water stops. The snacks, particularly in less populated areas like southwest Missouri, help fuel riders for a long day's ride. These rest stops, other than one at a senior center, had zero snacks. Once again, had there been a proper evening briefing, the riders could have been warned to carry appropriate snacks. Frequently, there weren't even volunteers or staffers at the water stops. There would simply be a cooler with bottles of water and ice. More than once, the cooler was empty. Although the water stops were shown on the provided maps, They weren't listed in the turn-by-turn direction sheets given to riders. Due to the large scale and small size of the maps, it was difficult to determine where the water stops were located. On rides as expensive as this one, a breakfast and dinner buffets generally served, while riders are on their own for lunch as they ride cross-country. There were no such arrangements on BAM Old 66. On the first morning, they provided McDonald's breakfast burritos, and on one other, they provided muffins. Neither anyway to start a day. Coffee was provided each morning, but no hot water for anyone choosing to drink tea, cocoa, or other hot drink. The road markings indicating turns were placed immediately at the turns, failing to give adequate notice of a turn. My friend wound up riding 94 miles the first day instead of 87 because he missed one of the turns. Several other riders didn't get in until quite late that first day for that same reason. On more than one occasion, I had to lock up my brakes to make a turn. I also missed several turns, but luckily my friend or another rider behind me called out to me so I could get back on track. In fairness to the BAM road marking paint crew, I downloaded the Ride with GPS route guide onto my mobile phone, but I didn't use it as it uses up too much battery power. Had I had the voice turn-by-turn directions turned on in that GPS, it likely would have provided adequate warning of turns. But nonetheless, they really need to place those turn markers so as to give adequate warning to riders. On that first 87-mile day, my friend got in late. The minimal meal service, which was a barbecue sandwich, chips, and soda for 10 bucks. Uh, that was on site, closed down at 7 p.m. When he walked up, asking to at least buy a drink, the young ladies refused to sell him one, saying they had no way to take his money. 
nor did they offer to give him one, even though the cooler was still half full of sodas and energy drinks. The next morning, that cooler was still sitting there half full. Not a rider-friendly experience. Here was a clearly exhausted, dehydrated rider with no courtesy extended to him at all. The only offered option? Call Domino's. They'll deliver a pizza. Well, those are the bad points. How about some good points? The SAG support, run by independent contractor Katie Bike Rental, was excellent. It was difficult getting through to the BAM organizers before the ride, but once I got the email address and phone numbers for Katie Bike Rental, I had no difficulty arranging for shuttle transportation for me, my recumbent trike, and my gear from Cuba, Missouri to Joplin, and then from Rolla back to my Jeep at Cuba. When I shredded a tire at mile marker 63 on day one, due to a Missouri pothole, they picked me up within 45 minutes, even though they were busy shuttling e-bike riders whose batteries had died and riders exhausted by the heat. Kudos to Katie Bike Rental Shuttle. The mechanic support, terrific. The Missouri potholes shredded tire and tube were beyond repair. The mobile bike repair replaced the tire with a brand new Continental Gator skin and tube, free of charge. He even gave me a spare tube at no charge, all with a smile. So a big shout out to A&B Cycle Shop of Springfield, Missouri, who provided mechanic support. Even here, though, I, I must fault the BAM organization. The mechanic hadn't been at the evening campsite. When I checked with the tour director, he told me he'd be there in the morning. I asked him to call the mechanic to make sure he would, in fact, be there, because if he wasn't, I couldn't ride. The tour director did so, and only after my prodding did he tell the mechanic what my mechanical issue was and what tire size I needed. Clearly information the mechanic would need, as he couldn't be expected to carry an entire selection of tires and tubes on his mobile van. The tour director seemed disengaged or perhaps overwhelmed that evening and through much of the ride. The shower service, run by Pork Belly Ventures, was excellent. They always had the shower truck set up early, and each shower was disinfected and cleaned after each and every use. Oh, two minor complaints about the shower service. Number one, it shut down too early, at 7 or 7.30 each day. It would have been better if it had stayed open a little later. And number two, the towels were awfully skimpy. But the staff were polite and attentive, and one asked me near the end of my ride how their service was, as they wanted to make sure customers were satisfied. Another good point. The jersey is really cool looking, with its red, white, and blue color scheme and a big Missouri Route 66 logo on the back. And the price at 75 bucks is not bad for a ride of this type. Another good point. The Southwest Missouri drivers were very considerate, with few exceptions. Now, I live on the Illinois side of the St. Louis metro area and frequently curse careless, speeding, Missouri-plated drivers. So the courtesy of the rural Missouri drivers was unexpected and appreciated. The number of riders, at 170 or so, wasn't overly large. And the great scenery and the roads were largely in pretty good shape excepting that one tire-shredding pothole I managed to find. And then you have the mystique of riding old Highway 66.
Now, in addition to BAM, I've ridden multi-day bike tours run by statewide bike groups in Illinois, North Carolina, Louisiana, and Florida. In comparison to those rides, I found Missouri to be lacking in terms of organization and information to the riders. The course was poorly designed, and it lacked rides of varying length. It was of poor value compared to the others. However, it did offer good scenery, decent roads, especially compared to Louisiana's, which will jar your teeth right out, and it had spectacular downhill rides. Do I recommend the ride? I'll give you a qualified yes. If you go prepared for the weaknesses in ride organization, it will add greatly to your tour. Would I do it again? Well, probably not. Once is enough for me on this one. Most of the weaknesses I've set out could be overcome with proper notice and planning. But the southwestern Missouri heat and humidity are more likely than not in mid-June. And the big rides right out of the gate don't help any. But if you want bragging rights that you've ridden old 66 and need that cool jersey, go right ahead. Just take warning about the organizational deficiencies and be prepared. So, call me crazy, but I've got a really cool bicycling jersey to wear on my next cycling adventure. Oh, yeah, and I've got one of those neck wrap cooling thingies to keep me cool down while I pedal through the Midwestern summer. This has been Reflections from the River with Bill Enyart. You can reach me at bill at billenyart.com. That's B-I-L-L at B-I-L-L-E-N-Y-A-R-T dot com. Or you can listen to my podcast at www.billenyart.com. With audio production today by Tom Calhoun, www.paguytom.com. Thanks for listening.